0: I welcome you to another episode of rest. Life Podcast with Stanley. Here we'll learn how to grow our knowledge of God's Word and to rest in His goodness. On this platform, we'll share how you can act on the Word of God, walk in your inheritance, and enjoy all God has made available to you in Christ Jesus. On this, In this new series, we'll be talking on the spiritual and the carnal, a call to walk in the Spirit. And I'll read today from the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 1. It says, from the New International Version, verses 1 and 2, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus because through christ jesus the law of the spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death hallelujah you know by nature man is under the condemnation of god as the scripture tells us in john chapter 3 and verse 18b it says but whoever does not believe stands condemned already But all of us who are now in Christ, by confessing Him as Lord and putting our faith in Him, the Bible says, there is therefore now no condemnation for us. Hallelujah. That's good news, you know. The Greek word for condemnation in this scripture is adverse sentence or verdict. In other words, the Bible is saying, there is no guilty verdict for those who have put their faith in Christ Jesus. And according to John chapter 3 and verse 18a, we cannot be condemned. We are no longer under the bondage of sin and fear. We are no longer under the crushing effect of a guilty conscience. God cannot put up with sin. So he condemned sin in the flesh by regarding Jesus as sin and consequently placing the punishment and the condemnation of sin on him. Jesus bore our condemnation so that we do not stand condemned before God who, has already, who accepts us only on the basis of what Christ has done, so we have the joy of being counted as righteous because Jesus is righteous. For for the Scripture tells us in Philippians chapter three and verse nine, it says, "I be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith." You know, neither of us can earn God's approval. None of us can. And so, in the Old Testament we know that sin was atoned for by sacrifice. In the New Testament, sin was atoned for by sacrifice also, but a different kind of sacrifice. For according to Leviticus chapter 4, we see that a life unblemished animal was brought to the altar and the sinner was required to lay his hand on the head of the animal which he brought and that was symbolic of transference of guilt to that animal. Afterwards, the animal was slaughtered and the blood poured on the base of the altar. With this done, the sinner was forgiven. However, his sin was not blotted out. Because there is a difference between having one sin forgiven and having one sin blotted out. In the Old Testament, they had their sins forgiven temporarily. In the New Testament, all, all, all God's children, all believers in Christ Jesus have their sins blotted out. Amen. Again, back to the Old Testament. When the sinner brings the animal for the sin offering, what happens? The the priest's first primary responsibility was to examine the animal to know if it met the requirements. And if the animal met the requirements, then the sin offering was accepted. In the New Testament, however, Jesus, the Lamb of God, was pleasing to God, and so was his sacrifice. It is on the basis of this that we are now not under any condemnation. Hence, who will bring a charge against the one whom the Lord has justified freely? No one. The good news for all of them, all of us, who are in Christ Jesus, is that there is now no condemnation to you, to me. God has no record of any wrongdoing against us. Your sins, past, present, and future were paid for in full. Today you stand justified by faith in Christ Jesus, not on the basis of keeping the commandments or the laws. For no one can satisfy or fully comply with all of the Old Testament laws and commandments. But Jesus did, hallelujah, he did it on your behalf so that you may walk in the newness of life, free of any form of condemnation. Would this mean that you can go on living as you wish? No, if you continue to walk in the flesh after you got saved. Be sure that there are consequences for your choice. Yes. Notice it says in the passage we read, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. You notice that? No, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For it is possible to live with a sense of condemnation even when you are in Christ if you still walk after the flesh. So, you know, when you got born again, the Holy Spirit took residence in your spirit, man. We see that in First um, Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16. It says, Do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God dwells in you? Even though God's Spirit took residence in your spirit, you still have a choice to be led by Him or be led by your senses. Those who are led by God's spirit are spiritual. They are the sons of God. Amen. Let's talk about canal Christians. I'm sure you know that there are canal Christians even today. For we see we find in First Corinthians chapter three, and from verses one to three, Paul gives us a picture of who a canal Christian is. He says, "And I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual, but as to canal." As to babes in Christ, I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you still are not able. Verse 3 it says, For you are still canal. For where there are envy, strife, divisions among you, are you not canal? Behaving like mere men. Note the word behaving, um, note the, uh, um, the clause there, behaving like mere men. You see, Paul called these people brethren even though they were canal, underscoring the fact that there are canal believers today. The Greek word translated canal is sarkikos, which means fleshly. You know, it refers to behavior that is related to, you know, to, to the human nature, to the flesh. So a canal Christian is not necessarily an unbeliever. He behaves like one, like mere human. You know, Paul said behaving like mere man. In the same way, a canal believer is one who behaves like a mere man, like a mere human. In other words, canal believers respond based on how they feel in their bodies, not what the Spirit wants. When you see a canal believer, you'll notice one thing. He responds to issues based on his five human senses. And you know for sure, if you live your life based on what is seen, heard, felt, perceived or tasted, You are canal and you will never understand the realm of faith, and your life will be greatly limited. A person who lives based on human instincts cannot please God because they they that come to God must believe that He is, even when He cannot be seen physically. John chapter 4, verse 24 tells us God is spirit, and His worshippers must worship Him. How? In spirit and in truth. Can our Christians are ever babes in the Lord? They never grow up to maturity. The flesh almost always has a final say in their decisions and in their actions. They still act on impulse. They are quarrelsome, they are envious, they are divisive, they are disagreeable and malicious. More often than not, they will react to situations just the same way as an unbeliever would. Cannot believers are unable to walk in faith, they are unable to walk in love, they are unable to live victoriously over sin. Even there are Some believers who started well, but along the way, they lost steam, you know, and they began to decline in their growth, and then they became carnal. But one thing is sure, there are consequences for being carnal. The Bible tells us in verse 8 of Romans chapter 8, it says, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. Would this mean that any believer who minds the things of the flesh by implication, the body? or the external, as opposed to the Spirit, cannot please God, absolutely so. You can't please God. Again, there is also the dreadful consequence of physical death or spiritual death, because Romans chapter 8, verse 13, it tells us, it says, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. The Greek word for die in that passage is um, called apothnasco, which means to die off literally or figuratively. So, literal death is the same as physical death, and it is possible for those who live in the flesh to die physical death. Why? Because they are not sensitive to God's leading, so they can easily get into harm's way. They make choices and decisions that could be destructive, just like Samson did in the Bible. Again, um, figurative death is also possible for those who walk in the flesh, because figurative death would mean eternal destruction in hell but there is something good to hear. The Bible says in Galatians chapter 5 and verse 24, those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh and its passions and desires. Hallelujah. I hope you've been blessed by today's episode, by today's podcast. When I come, you know, come your way next time, I'll be talking about the nature of the new birth. I'll be talking about the spirit, the soul, and the body and how these tie together to helping you to walk in the Spirit. Until I come your way next time, stay blessed. Amen.